cue the intro. Welcome to another episode of the Iron Journey podcast, and today I'm super excited because we've got uh, Justin, a member of our community, on today. And Justin had something happen to him that pretty much every single one of us has been afraid of since the moment we signed up for a race, especially one of this size. Two days before the start of his Ironman in Wisconsin, Murphy's Law took over. Justin was in check-in walking his bike to transition, drop it off, go get some food, relax for the last day before the big day. And, well, I won't tell you here. You'll have to listen. But it's a pretty awesome story about what it is that you're able to overcome, even in some of the worst possible situations. And he's got an incredible race day story, but also some pretty incredible training stories too. So whenever things are feeling a little bit tough, take into consideration uh, what Justin's gone through here. He certainly has an incredible story that we can all learn from. We can all persevere through some of the things that we feel are holding us back when we just take a minute and realize that we are the only thing that can stop us. So I will pause there. I'll bring in Justin and enjoy. Justin, thanks so much for being on, man. I'm really pumped to have you here. Congratulations. It's been, what, three weeks now? Two weeks? Uh, three three weeks. It was on the 8th. Very cool, man. How are you feeling? You yeah. recovering? Uh, yeah, I feel great. I've In the past three weeks, I've eaten more than I have <laughs> in the past two years. Um, it's amazing on how much your appetite picks up after such a long day like that. <laughs> a long day of not eating real food yeah oh my god i i could go a lifetime without having another jowl i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) i you know i thought that it's tomorrow not tomorrow sunday is actually the one year anniversary from when i did maryland and okay uh, i'm in the middle of training for a marathon and i had to like kind of walk back into the running store i was like guys i'm here for gels again (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh you buy here i was like yeah i know let's not talk about it yeah for sure for sure cool man so i'm really pumped to have you on here like i said in uh for anyone who heard the first episode of this podcast one of the whole points that i wanted to or reasons that i wanted to start this was because there are everyone always sees the iron man world championships on tv that's generally all that the public is exposed to and so they're exposed to these you know genetic superheroes or otherwise professional athletes that do this event in seven and a half hours in the scorching heat and it's one of those things where it's like oh well those people are crazy and that's just not something that a regular person could do but there are quite literally tens or hundreds of thousands of regular people every year that commit to this thing put the work in get to the start line and cross the finish so i'm super pumped to have you here because you're the first one of our little group to actually complete that journey and, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be many more after you, but you're the first that we get to share your story. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here. Like it's, it's been a blast. The journey has been like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. So, um, I'm really excited to share that story. So awesome. So let's, before we get to the, to the cool finishing moments at some point, the space between your ears decided it would be a good idea to do this. And at some point before that, you had to have heard about it. So take me way back to when this thing first ever even kind of crossed your desk. How did that happen? And let's just go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess it kind of goes back to actually before I knew what Iron Man was, I, um, it goes way back to before I knew what Iron Man was because I, I was in high school and, and when I was in high school, I was, you know, your typical, like, typical athlete where I just wanted to get involved with as many sports as possible. Mm-hmm. And and back in the day, I was a, my main sport was wrestling. Like, I absolutely loved wrestling more than anything. Um, and, I, and my ambition was just so high and I feel like my... Um, metabolism was so high, you know, you wake up, you know, 5.30 a.m., you go, you work out, you go to school, you know, you get done with school, and then you go to practice. And it it just becomes so, um, it just became so routine, but I absolutely loved it. And back then in high school, like I was extremely fit. 
And I actually thought that that's just how I naturally was, you know, not that I was arrogant about it, but I just felt like that was my natural, you know, body type. And I remember one time, um, my dad said to me, he's like, you know, you're just be prepared. It's not always going to be like this. And, and, and I was like, oh no, you know, like this, this is just how I naturally am. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you know, then I graduated from college or from high school. I mean, and once I graduated, you know, freshman 15 comes, you know, that's, yeah. that's solid 15 pounds, you know, and then from, uh, so I was one, 171 and I wrestled 171 and I was right at the top of my weight class. And then, then boom, 15 pounds after, uh, after high school, um, my freshman year and then sophomore through, so that put me at like 185. And then the next couple of years I put on another 15 pounds. So now, you know, then I'm up to, up to 200 pounds and then, you know, then I start my career and then it was like, boom, 30 more pounds, 40 more pounds, actually. So I maxed out at 240 pounds. Right. And I just wow. kind of like blew over time. I just kind of blew up like a balloon. Um, but I've always been like in high school, I just had that mindset of like, how far can the body go? Like, what are we actually capable of? Um, I just absolutely love that. But then over the years, you know, you start to doubt yourself more and more and more. And then it just becomes an, it just became not important to me anymore. And I remember one time I saw that the video, like a motivational video um, of that gentleman, um, forget his name, but I believe he was in his seventies and he had heart disease and um, his son was disabled. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and it started out with them doing five Ks and, and basically his son told them, uh, and he, he spoke through a computer and his son told him that when he's doing these, these runs with him, he feels like he doesn't have a disability. Mm-hmm. And then he, then he went to the 10 K and then, you know, and then they did the half, half marathon marathon, and then they ended up doing the Ironman. And now he's, you know, they've become just a motivation to so many people. Yeah. And I, I remember watching that video and I was in tears. Like, I was just like, wow, you know, and, and I said to myself, you know, one day, and I, and that's when I learned what Ironman was. Sure. Like, I, and as I watched it, I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is unbelievable what the, like, what this race is, w- what this family is doing. Like, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, the, uh, probably the worst words I could have said to myself is one day I'm yeah. going to be an Ironman. Like, one day I'll do this. Yeah. And And I think, you know, I think we tell ourselves that regardless if it's for Ironman or whatever our goals are, we all have these goals and dreams and we always tell ourselves one day I'm going to, you know, one day I'm going to travel here or one day I'm going to lose weight or one day I'm going to, you know, start the career of my dreams. Right. But one day is not now, you know, and why not? And so I told myself that one day I'm going to do this and, and then time, you know, kept on going going by um and and then i i met someone my senior year of college and um you know fell in love and uh and then i started my career and she actually saw a financial advisor that's what i do full-time and and she actually started um the the following year after she graduated she started in the same career and we started Mm -hmm. building a practice together and and uh, I felt like, uh, I just felt like, um, you know, time was, you know, I had this vision in my mind of where I wanted to be in life. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like I was on that path. Like everything is kind of going according to plan, sure. um, you know, going to eventually get married, have kids, you know, continue on this awesome career. And, and we're building our practice together. And, and over the years, you know, and she had a lot of insecurities and she's an amazing person but she mm-hmm. she just had a lot of insecurities and 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 i just felt like a lot like i wasn't my own person because 100 percent of my time was focused on making sure she feels good about herself but i wasn't taking care of myself mm-hmm. in the meantime and um and then eventually i proposed and, and we were engaged and and everything was you know bliss and and then so this is now f- four years into the relationship and then another year goes by. 
So we're five years in, we pick our wedding venue, like everything is going according to plan. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden my world is just flipped upside down. And uh, she ended up leaving me for one of my friends. Oof. And, and it was super rough, but that was the darkest moment of my entire life. And, but I'm so thankful that that happened mm-hmm. because like I went through this, I went through this like solid six months to a year of just, of just solid reflection, just really trying to figure out who I am as a person. And I had to like reinvent myself completely because mm-hmm. like I said, I, I just like, everything was going according to plan for me. Like I just knew exactly where I wanted to be. I was on that path and then my world gets rocked, you know? And, and at first it was so hard, like just so difficult. And then, you know, at that point is when I was at my max weight, I was at 240 pounds and I just felt so low and, and so down about myself, you know? And I just felt like I, you know, my self-worth wasn't there. Um, you know, I put, uh, I put her, her before everything, including myself. So then I was very dependent on her being dependent on me. So when she was gone, then I just didn't know what to do with myself. Right. And so then I started going to the gym and Ironman still wasn't even in my mind yet, mm-hmm. but I said, but right away I started going into the gym every single day. I'd wake up, go to the gym before work, but I didn't have an appetite at all. Uh, so I was going to the gym, going to the gym and just working as hard as I could. Cause I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to be, you know, my, my self image wasn't the greatest at the time. So I wanted to lose that weight and I wanted to do it as fast as possible. And it's not that I was trying to starve myself, but my appetite just wasn't, I just wasn't eating enough because I didn't have an appetite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I was going to the gym and just busting butt, busting butt. And then, then, uh, probably, so we broke up in January, um, couple this is like three years ago now. So we broke up that January and then, uh, like by March I lost 40 pounds. So wow. I was at two, two forty in January and March, I, I hit two, I got really sick and which I don't get sick often, like very, very rarely. And I got really sick. And then like after that, after I was sick is like when I broke 200 pounds. And then I was excited that I broke 200 pounds, but it just wasn't like, it wasn't right. Like how fast it happened. And and it just wasn't something that was, you know, I knew it wasn't going to stay like that. Um, But then after that, I started having, having uh, chest pains. And I remember one day I just had this, severe chest pain and i called my mom and i said you know mom i think i think i'm having a heart attack and my mom says you know i'm coming to i'm I'm coming to pick you up she just got off of work she was like a block away from me and we went over to urgent care and they didn't find anything but then i went uh they said if 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 you they did an ekg and all that stuff and everything Mm -hmm. was normal sure and they said if you have another attack like that go to the emergency room well the next morning I had another attack and I went to the emergency room and it turns out that I had uh, gallstones. So they, they did a, an ultrasound and they found that I had gallstones, like where they said, you have to remove your gallbladder. And uh, cause if you don't, you could eventually it could block up and okay. you could die. <laughs> so, um, so I scheduled, uh, I was very, I procrastinated on scheduling the, on scheduling the surgery, but eventually I did this. They just said in the meantime, don't eat anything greasy. Um, and I eventually had the surgery, but then it was like back to square one because I had that surgery and then the weight just, you know, came yeah. right back. So it was back up to 230, 240. And uh, last summer, so then like a year goes by after that. And um, then last summer, my nephew came to live with me. And we were, we were at the YMCA. We just thought he was very much the same size as I was. And we were both mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's get healthy. Let's do it the right way. And, and at this time, my spirits are much higher than they, than they were before, you know, right. um, like so enough time has passed. And, uh, um, I said, let's get healthy, you know? So, uh, he had an internship nearby and, and we wake up at five each morning and we'd go to our YMCA and we'd swim laps. And then I remember one day, I remember this exact moment where one day I was swimming laps 
And as I'm swimming laps, I just, Iron Man just kind of popped into my head. Mm-hmm. And then I just visualized, my, visualized myself crossing that finish line. And at that moment, I said, I'm going to be an Iron Man. And that's the moment that I, then I looked Iron Man up. I saw that there was a, uh, that was probably, I want to say, July of last year, mm-hmm. 2018. July or August that was. And then I looked up and I saw that September there was Ironman in Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. so I drove out to Madison on September 9th. It was of last year. And I watched, like, I just watched it from beginning to end. And I was just so inspired mainly by the, the audience, like just the spectators for like every single spectator was so supportive of everybody that was coming by. And then I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing Ironman next year. And then I signed up, I went online and I registered and then, you know, found your training plan. And <laughs> then I just, uh, the rest is history, you know? That's so cool, man. And it's, it really is amazing how, you know, even if you, in all of this story that you just said, even if you got to the point where you were slimming laps in the pool before you even thought of Ironman, you just said, and that's the end, like roll credits. Yeah. Even just that journey is an incredible, I, I don't, I don't have a good word for it, but it's so much of life is about perspective and it's about what we tell ourselves and how we see the challenges in front of us. And to your point, I mean, it would have been very easy to just go, yep, yeah, well, everything is awful now and that's just yeah. going to be, and I'm just going to live that way and I'll, you know, I'll get through life and that'll be fine. But it's that conscious and deliberate switch to say no this doesn't quite feel right this doesn't quite feel like me this isn't making me happy this isn't how i want you know i want to be and what what am i going to do about it and i'm going to take some step and you know to to your point yeah i think you took a little bit more than a small step by yeah yeah Yeah. but you know it's, it's amazing just what thinking you can can do and and it's crazy on how you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm, I'm very thankful that that all happened because, you know, uh, sometimes we, we have this path that we're going to take and, and everything, like I said, was going according to plan. And if it would have kept on going that way, I don't know, who knows, I might have been lived a, a long, happy life, but I probably would have lived a pretty boring life, you know, mm-hmm. and and this like everything that happened, like really made me who I am today. And I've started I have so many passions in life and this is just one of them. And I've really discovered all those passions in the past, you know, three years. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's developed my personality, my character and the whole saying of, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. It's just like unbelievably true. I mean, you know, like you, I kept on thinking I was at rock bottom and then it would get lower and lower and lower. And, and I just knew like, you just got to grind it out, grind out, you know, grind out that pain, you know, because like and exercising is a great way to like relieve some of that, that, um, that sadness or that anger or the resentment, you know? Yeah. And, and then eventually you go from feeling, having those feelings of resentment and sadness and anger, and you're able to, uh, kind of turn that to the future rather than reflect, like reflecting so much on the past you started, you start to get excited about, like, at first I was doing things just to pass time, but then I started realizing, like, I was having a lot of fun doing the things I was doing, you know, I got into, I got into woodworking, I got into aviation, um, I, you know, I, I started, I did ballroom dance, like, I took a bunch of ballroom dance classes, um, like, I was remodeling my house, you know, all these different things, and then I started having a lot of fun, you know, and I'm like, then I realized, like, I am completely in control of my future and, yeah. and what I can do. And, and then I, you know, like Iron Man, like I'm going to be an Iron Man. And now like, I'm, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a one and done thing. Like mm-hmm. if, if it was going to be, you know, cause I, and there's no right or wrong answer for other people. You know, everybody's their own. Some people, this is on their bucket list and then they cross it off and then they move on to other things. Sure. And, and I wasn't sure for me, you know, but the second I did it, cause I did a half Iron Man as well. And, and yep. this year, and, and then I knew when I did that, that I, I couldn't even wait for the, the full. And then when I did the full, now I'm like Iron Man legacy. Like, yeah, 
you know what I mean? 12 Ironman, let's do it. You know, like I'm so hooked and I want to just keep going and see, like, see what this takes me. And I want to see, like, I'm also like considering probably not in the next year because I plan on doing Ironman Wisconsin again next year, but I'd love to do an ultra run, you know, a hundred mile run. And, and I, some people believe that, that, you know, especially with people who feel obese and, and, and just feel like that's who they are. And, and that's okay if they're okay with that, or, or I'm not saying that it's bad to, to be overweight, but if they're unhappy with themselves, there's nothing stopping them from, you know, all it takes is like one step in the right direction, go out for a, a five minute walk, make it 10 the next day, you know, and just keep pushing yourself. And that's how I, it wasn't like, uh, yes, I made the decision that I was going to do it, but it's just a constant, just like on race day, they say, no matter what, just always move forward. Mm-hmm. Like never stop. Never. If you're, if you're climbing a hill and you feel like you can't make it to the top of it, get off your bike and walk, you yep. know, just always move forward. And I feel like that's what it should be in life too. Like just always move forward and then you'll be good to go. Yeah. I had, um, I hit the wall with eight miles left on the marathon uh, for me. And that was the first time I had to break away from my plan of what I was going to do pace wise or, or whatever. And I remember yeah. one guy, I don't remember if he was on the course or off the course or something, but someone was just yelling to everyone that forward is progress. And that was, that got me through the next, whatever it was, you know, hour and a half or two hours. I was like, all right, I'm walking and I'm checking my watch. Like if I walk a 25 minute mile, like I'll make it. Yeah. Uh, we got to keep going that way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, okay. So we get to a point where you're swimming in the pool and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm, you go and you watch Wisconsin. You're like, yep, that's for me. You go and you sign up. Uh, there's no, you know, there's no cakewalk from that point to, to the finish line, right? It's, it's 12 months of, so the five minute walk analogy, I think is good, right? Go, go to a five minute walk, go to a 10 minute walk. The plan that I know that you followed, you know, quite intentionally starts from almost that point. Yeah. Right? It's like, let's, if you can walk a mile, go walk a mile. If you can run a mile, go run a mile. And we build everything from almost zero, you know, all the way through the day. So let's go. Let's go phase by phase, right? Because I know that each of them carry their own yeah. different kind of emotional roller coaster of sorts. So we've got uh, four that we follow. We've got acclimation, which is just to get us ready for all mm-hmm. the stuff that we're eventually going to have to do because it's likely not something we've done before. Um, a baseline, uh, building a lot of our fitness and then peaking right before race day. But talk to me about how the acclimation phase went, you go from, you know, effectively swimming a couple laps in a pool to I've got now 10 workouts a week on my schedule and I'm just in this. How's that going? Well, I think the biggest thing is, I guess one step backwards before acclimation, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like people, like if you're going to do it, you gotta, you gotta go to ironman.com and you got to register Oh yeah. And, and you got to make it, you this, this shouldn't be a, Hey, I'm going to start this training process and see how it goes. And, and if it's going okay, then I'm going to, mm-hmm. then I'm going to, you know, register maybe in tier two or tier three of the registration. Yeah. Um, and it, this has got to be like, I'm going to register and then I'm going to train because when you register, you are committed, you know, and, oh, yeah. and you need to make the decision that you will be an Ironman. Like, I actually believe it is a decision like that you make. I'm going to be an Ironman. Register it, you know, click the register button. And then every moment from that point forward, you're, you're telling yourself whatever the, the date of the race is. On this date, I'm going to be an Ironman. And it's not if I finish. It's not if I be, become an Ironman. It's, right. it's I will be an Ironman. I'm going to be an Ironman. And you have to tell yourself that and you have to believe it. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And then, and then when that acclimation starts, you know, that phase for me, I think I actually was probably besides the, the, the final, you know, the, the peak phase, I was probably most excited during the acclimation phase. 
you know, you're in your first, you just registered, you're all excited. Day one, I remember I like videotaped like day one, like, hey, just got done with day one of training. Like, you know, here we go, let's do this. Like, and you're picturing the finish line, you know, and you're not thinking what the next, you know, nine to 12 months is going to be like. You're just, you're just thinking of the race day and, and you get done with your, uh, I think it's like you start out at like a three mile run or something like that. And, and, and I just remember being very excited during the acclimation phase. But then I remember like then what caught me was I noticed after like four or five days of running, you get, you know, I, I got runner's knee. Yeah. So I wasn't used to running that much. And that was probably the worst knee pain I've ever had in my life, you know? And that was my first hurdle of like, I because th- I think before you sign up, at least I didn't think I was going to get injured at all. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, you run this much, you know, I might get tight. You don't even think about the the main thing you're thinking of is just endurance. You're not even thinking of the physical pain that you're going to be in. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, like, I got runner's knee, and this is pr- actually probably after a couple of weeks, and that knocked me out for I could not even walk like. That knocked me out for a solid, you know, week of training because, mm-hmm. I mean, I still did my swim workouts. You yeah. know, you kind of you kind of do what you can when you hit your injuries, you know. And uh, but acclimation, I think I was probably most excited during that phase. Yeah, I, and I couldn't agree more. Right, it's it's all new, it's all exciting. It at least in my case, I like had to go out and buy a bike because I didn't own one, and so now I had this like new thing that I got to play with. You know, I had ridden a bike outside and forever I hadn't swam in years so I, you're right it is um it's really really easy to be motivated during that first phase because of the excitement the little bits of adrenaline that you get and because the workouts are still like kind of short you know like the longest yeah. workout I think in the yeah. first in the first two and a half months is like an hour until so like oh, yeah it's gonna be just cake. oh it's gonna be easy cakewalk you know you finish your three miles and you feel like the entire race is going to be like that. Oh, I just yeah. knocked that out, you know? And it's funny you say that about buying a bike. I actually did the same thing. I uh, I had a buddy of mine who was a cyclist in high school, mm-hmm. and I never really understood the sport. You know, I was just like, that can't be fun. Kind of like when people yeah. think of running. Like, why do people run, you know? It's like, why do people in front of the other faster? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, and for me, I also, so I have a, uh, a motorcycle, I have a cross mm-hmm. racket, and and then I think to myself, like being on two wheels, like on a bicycle, I'm like, okay, that's just going to be boring, you know? And, and, but when I made that decision, you know, for Ironman is like, then I was like, okay, so I went on Craigslist and my buddy from high school, he helped me find a bike. And then I, I bought a road bike instead of a triathlon bike. I bought this road bike and I um, paid a good amount of money for it. You know, uh, it's a, an Imanda. Um, and so I paid like $1,800 for this road bike. Most I've ever spent on a bicycle, you know, ever. Right. And, and, and then all of a sudden I, I signed up for my first sprint triathlon and right away. And I did that. And, and this is still before I actually registered for Ironman. Mm-hmm. And then I got done with my sprint and, and I guess I, and I have to tell this story because it's so important to my final to my mentality throughout the entire training process. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for the sprint. I finished that. And then I was, that's when I was hooked, you know, I finished that sprint and I was like, what's next, you know? And I looked, it was at the end of the year. So there's not a lot of triathlons left. And then I saw there was uh, a century ride the next week mm-hmm. and, and there was a century ride and, and they had an option of like a 25 mile, I think 50, 75 and hundred, sure. you know, for, for the distances. And I went to the 25 mile cause the sprint was like 18. Yeah. And then, and then my mouse just kind of like went down and, cl- and clicked on the hundred mile, just because I was like, "Oh, you got this." Same yeah. with when same with thing with the, when you're running three miles and you feel yeah. like, "Oh, this is going to be a cakewalk." So, I I did the the hundred mile one. Fast forward a week, they said you should leave by like seven a.m. You know, uh-huh. and this is an hour away is where the start was. I left by like because I was I wanted to be super prepared. I left by like nine thirty. And then uh, it was 100 degrees that day. Then <laughs> this is 100 degrees. And then I only had two water bottle cages. So I was uh, out of, I ran out of water by uh, like mile like 20, maybe 20, Jeez. because it was still warm out. And there wasn't another, uh, there wasn't another, like the first stop wasn't for another like 
seven or eight miles. So then I got really dehydrated. I stopped at the first first stop, and people are already on their first. Uh, they, there was a loop that was built in there, and they already finished their first loop. And uh, so I stopped and got you know got everything I needed. But from that point forward, since I started later, all of the aid stations were already closed down by the time I got you know got there. So I ended up stopping at like gas stations and whatnot. The roads were so bumpy that they were so bumpy that it like. It got to me mentally, like to the point where I was almost in tears because, you know, you could be going downhill. There was no such thing as coasting, you know, like there because you get slowed down so much by the bumps. And then, uh, so then I I got to like mile fifty eight, and I stopped at this Dairy Queen, and here I am, just completely dehydrated. I was seeing like shadows in the corners of my eyes, and. That morning, and this is also kind of another tip that I have for anybody that that plans on doing Ironman, I suggest dedicating every single long ride that you have, like a long ride, long training session, whatever it is, dedicating it to someone that inspires you. And it could be in memory of someone. It could be someone who's battling something in their life, um, someone who's overcome a ton. And the reason is, is because... If you do that, you do not want to let that person down. And that is going to push you mentally that much more. And in the morning, I have a a colleague of mine who is battling leukemia. And that morning, I messaged him and I just said, you know, hey, I'm doing the century ride today. I just want to let you know that you inspire me and I'm dedicating this ride to you. And, And he was super pumped about it. But then when mile 58 came... If I would not have done that in the morning, I would have been done at that moment. And mile 50, it came, I stopped at this Dairy Queen and I just got some water and I sat there and I did a Facebook live video and basically explaining, you know, and it was amazing how many of my friends like started like watching this video. And here I am telling the story of how my day is going and, and, and then all of a sudden I started getting choked up and just saying, but like, I refuse to give up because, you know, and I said, my friend's name, I said, you know, I said, I have a friend who's battling leukemia and he is the strongest person I know mentally. And he's always has a, always has a positive attitude, always pushes forward. And who am I to give up on a hundred mile bike ride? And there's people out there that are going through things 10 times worse than what I'm going through. Yeah. And I, and I, I just told everybody, I said, I'm going to keep pushing forward, you know, got back on my bike, kept on riding. And then at this point it's the clouds are rolling in and then it's starting to get dark. Six o'clock rolls around. I'm probably at mile 70 ish. Then, uh, <laughs> then I grabbed one more drink of water and stuff at this one coffee shop before they closed. And then I started going, uh, I had to go like, so 30 more miles and then it gets dark and it thunderstorms and I'm going through like these backwoods and it's downpouring outside and I don't have a light on my bike. So (laughs) there's cars that are passing, like honking at me and and I'm just like scared I'm going to die because I, you know, this is my like third time riding my bike <laughs> and, and I'm going through these backwoods. And then finally I get, I have my phone. Um, I, I did have a mount on my, on my bike and I have my phone is have a map of where I'm going and I get to a gas station and I buy, I buy a light. And then I have like, I have like, I was at like mile, like 92 and it was going to be 112 the whole distance, which would have been the Ironman distance. Right. But then I started driving towards where my car was, um, probably like you know 20 miles away, uh, and and I got to mile 98, and at mile 98 my tire blows, Not and sure. it's it's 11:30 at night and my tire blows, and. Uh, I'm like, and I don't even know how to change a tire, more or less. I didn't even know I should have been carrying a spare, a spare right. tube, you know. So I hitchhiked back to the McDonald's that was nearby. And I waited there for like an hour. And one of my friends that lived nearby picked me up. And he took me to my car. 
So I was mile 98 in and I was so tempted to just say, you know what? 98 miles, like that's pretty close. That's a good, yeah, it's pretty close. And, and I just thought like, no, like what a disappointment that would be to stop two miles short, which comes in like th- during Ironman, there's a lot of people surprisingly that stop like short of the finish line and they're not far off, you know? So, so what I did is I, uh, I, I, he took me to my car and I drove to Walmart, bought a new tube. There was someone there that knew something about bikes and he helped me change the tube on my bike, put it on the back of my car and I took a nap for like an hour and a half. And then I drove back to that same spot, parked my car on the side of the road, drove three miles just to be safe to make it 101. I actually drove like a mile or I drove two miles one way and then two miles back. So I had like 101 or 102 miles and then called it a day. And that day was just insane. But that developed the mental, like that day was a big stepping stone for me in acquiring the mental strength that it takes throughout the year for training. Yeah. And, you know, let's be clear. Let's not, uh, you know, recommend that someone go to a 14 bike ride. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mentioned to this because on the Facebook group, you know, I was kind of telling that story a little bit. And I wrote on there, I said, I do not recommend doing <laughs> 14 yeah. bike ride. Don't ride. Don't ride your bike when you're, you're dehydrated or seeing shadows. You know, <laughs> there's so many things. Don't ride your bike in a thunderstorm. Don't ride it without a light. I mean, that whole thing was such a learning experience for me and it learned from my mistakes. So you don't have to (laughs) go through those same things. Yeah. And it's, but as extreme as that story is, there is an opportunity at any point on any workout. Typically it's going to be the one, either the long ride or the long run where at some point right in the middle, either your mind or your body is going to go, "Mm, I don't think this is happening today. Yeah just not like you feel like yep. crap you're tired you haven't slept in three days you've got a lot on your mind you got like you should have been you should have been done an hour ago you're going too slow you know there's all sorts of things can happen and, and every now and again you should just go yeah you're right you know i've worked a little too hard i need to kind of yep. take a day you know i think relax. listening to, i think listening to your body is is key you know and save those moments of mental toughness for race day you know save those for the important days of of where you need to prove to yourself that you can do it, you know, um, because there's going to be moments where, and I think that that's one of the, the things I wrote down here is, is it's important to be flexible, you know, in the beginning, I tried to find, follow that, the, the, the plan to a T, right. you know, but then my body was like, Justin, no, you need to take, you need to take this morning off because you yeah. can't feel your legs, you know, you, yeah. you need to, you know, and, and, there's a difference between, you know, pushing through something and, and complete stupidity, you know, like, because if, if you're going to push your body, you're just going to, you know, too much, you're just going to end up injuring yourself, you know? Yeah. And that, you know, the, knowing the difference is important, knowing the difference when you can push through something and you just don't feel like it, but you should is to your point, grossly different from, just your body trying to send you every signal there is in the universe that like, Hey, just please, you know, give me a break. And it's, it's a lot like to your point, you know, you look at the plan, whether it's, it's our plan or it's someone else's or it's one that you made up and you're like, I'm going to do that exactly as it's written because obviously it was written like that for a purpose. Yeah. Remove a piece, the whole pyramid falls down. And there's, there's truth to that in a, in a sense, right? Like I, I neurotically kept track of how many sessions I missed and why I missed them. Yeah. Right? So I had, I had a, um, a mark for, there was just no excuse. I just didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I had a mark for my body needed a break or I was sick. I kind of lumped those together. Um, I had one for like some of the strength workouts later on in the peak phase, I would opt not to do them so I could more focus on, you know, the long run ahead. And I just kind of mm-hmm. kept track of it all. And I ended up only, I say only, like I ended up doing about 83% of every workout. Yeah. Granted, there's 400 of them. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's still a big number, but you know, you yeah. look back at it and in those moments you're, you're feeling kind of guilty, but you realize that, okay, if I didn't do that, maybe the day after wouldn't have gone as well as it did. And it's, you know, I think the acclimation phase is important because you kind of get to teach your body that because yep. 
a base where you just kind of like up the volume a little bit from acclimation and then build where you add really like not even all that much, just like a few miles on the long runs and a half hour or so or an hour or so on the long rides. You're really just kind of saying, okay, now that you're used to doing 10 workouts a week, let's just slowly kind of pick those up a little bit so that at the end of base phase, we're at about a half Ironman level of fitness. We can do the half marathon. We can do, you know, a three hour bike ride. We can swim 2,500 meters with some sets. Like all of that is very, very possible uh, at this point. And those are, those are harder phases, my opinion, and I want yours, uh, mentally than they are physically because it's a lot of repetition without a lot of diversity in, you know, you, you literally all your long runs are between like an hour and an hour and a half for five months. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of just consistency. And, and at least for me, that was somewhat tough because it was, it was kind of boring. I'm like, am I ever going to get through this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and for me, I think in the beginning, I followed the plan to a T. And then I think as like, as the further I went into the plan, I think kind of the more it became my own. And I, I do see a lot of people post, is it okay if I switch these two days around or is it okay if I, you know, and absolutely like, like this plan, you know, it, it does need to be, it does need to work for you and everyone has different work schedules. You know, oftentimes for me, you know, mornings are, were easy for me, but I often have evening appointments or evening mm -hmm. meetings. So I'd have a meeting at seven o'clock at night and then I'll say, get done with that at eight 30. And then it's like, man, now I need to go. And, and now I need to yeah. go at, you know, by the time I get home and get my gear on, I'm going to be running from nine to 11 or nine to 10 30, you know? And sometimes I did, but other times, you know, I, I substituted also my body. I think the biggest challenge that I had through these, through this training process has been, it would have been one thing if I was, you know, you know, 185 pounds, the whole way through and i was just trying to like build strength you know but this whole process for me has been you know starting at 230 240 I've, i was losing all you know losing this weight and building this muscle but it was hard to uh find that balance of nutrition where you know i'm eating enough calories yeah i i, I still you know still needed to lose the weight but like i, I was getting very exhausted i guess because and I was trying, I was eating so much, but I was still losing this weight and I was getting really exhausted as well as my muscles just, just felt like they were breaking down, you know, at some points they just, you know, they just felt like they were breaking down. And, um, so I guess it, it's important not to get too hard on, you know, it's important to do the workouts, do as many as you can, you know, and it's important if it doesn't have to do with your body. And you got to tell yourself, sometimes you're going to, you're, you're going to say to yourself, man, I feel kind of sick today. Or you're going to try to convince yourself that you're yeah. sick so that you don't have to go and go and work out. But, my you know, one time yeah, this morning. yeah, 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 exactly. Like catch yourself when you do that and make the decision to still go and work out, but you know, don't try to push it past any injuries. So I, I found that fine line of not going too hard um, and, and not going too hard. Um, but still getting enough, you know, trading in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to fast forward just a little bit because yeah. there's, I want to get to, to race day and the days leading yeah. up to, because yeah. we, we talked a lot about training. I do want to touch really quickly, like <laughs> just to get any sort of initial reaction from you, by the time you get done with the half Ironman, like right at the end of build phase and you get into peak, that's when you're like, Oh, Oh, this is the training. Like this is, yeah. that's really hard because I've got yes. You know, I work up to whatever it is, like a 90 mile bike ride. And the next day you do a 20 mile run and you're like, oh, well, yeah. Okay. Now I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you survive all of that, right? You get, you get to the taper, you get through it and you get to a point where you're now as fit as you're ever going to be as it pertains to this race, you're as healthy as you can be. You get to athlete check-in. So let's go from, you know, when you check in, you check your gear in through, the finish line let's talk yeah so uh <laughs> oh this is the most interesting yeah. three days of my life uh <laughs> so so i uh, race day you know like i was so paranoid because I, li I live about an hour and a half away from from madison and mm -hmm. and on that friday morning i was like okay i need to pack everything and, and i need to make sure everything's perfect 
So I spent so much time at my house just making sure I had all my gear and it was organized perfectly. And then I was like, okay, I want to clean my house because I want to not think about that on race day. And I want to have a nice, I want to have a nice house to come back to, you know, and I kept on getting overly paranoid about everything. And then eventually it was like three o'clock and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, like let's time to get going. So I, I, you know, hop in the shower and, and then I'm thinking to myself, all of a sudden I had this gut, terrible gut feeling. And I was like, what happens if I never really looked at it close enough? What happens if there's no check-in tomorrow? And, and then I, I, so I get out of the shower and I rifle my stuff in, in my car, get my bike on the back and I start driving and I needed to pull over to grab a drink at a gas station. But I was like, check the athlete guide. And I looked at the athlete guide and it said, check-in Thursday, Friday, and it's 5 p.m. Friday, no check-in Saturday. And it's 3.15, and I have an hour and a half ahead of me to get to Madison. So I'm gunning it. And it seemed like I was caught behind every semi, every boat, you know, like. So I get there at 4.45, and I'm, I'm at, it's 5.2 when I actually check in, 5 to 5. I was the last person to check into Iron Man. The wow. very last, very last person. I cut it close. So I get through check-in. I, you know, they weigh you, like they do all this stuff and I get my, my uh, gear bags. And then I just had this big sense of relief and I was like, okay, you know, we're good to go. So then I grabbed my bike because I didn't even lock up my bike in my car. I took it with me. Uh, I grabbed my bike to go back to the car to lock it up before the opening banquet. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking down the stairs just two minutes after check-in, I got my gear bag in one hand and my bike in the other, and I'm walking down the stairs, and I get to the uh, where the stairs curl around, and I thought I was on the last stair. And I went to step on the ground level, and I just kept falling forward, and so I missed the stair, and then I landed on the side of my ankle, and my ankle just went sideways. And my ankle just blew up immediately like it just blew up like a balloon it was it it was basically the size of a baseball and tears just went through my eyes because the pain just shot through my body and and i immediately thought like oh my god like i'm not going to be able to do iron man like there's no way and then i thought to myself no justin like you'll figure this out you know my my emotions were if there was any doubt that i've ever had yeah that was the moment I had the most doubt. And I went to the banquet. I sat down with my, you know, my friends and at the banquet and, and one of my teammates, I told him what happened and he could see that I was anxious. And he says, Justin, it's going to be okay. He said, we're going to get some ice for you. We're going to elevate it, you know, and he calmed me down. So that's what I did. I put ice on it, you know, at the banquet, just, I asked one of the waitresses for a big ice. So I'm eating my pasta dinner, having ice on it. And, you know, Mike Riley was up there talking. It was a great, great banquet, very motivational. Uh, but in the back of my head, I'm just thinking, like, I've barely had any pressure on this yet. So I have no idea how it's going to be. Yeah. So afterwards, I go back to my car and I'm definitely limping. It's painful, but I'm thinking, all right, this is, it's painful, but this is a pain that, that you can work through. And, and I just remember this quote that we had in wrestling that said, pain is just weakness leaving the body, you know? Sure. And, and, uh, so I go to Walmart and I find two braces, ACE band, ACE braces. There's, um, one of them was like a compression and one of them had some plastic on the side for support. And I bought those, bought some ibuprofen, went back to my room, elevated my leg threw the ice on. And then I just kept on thinking to myself, I slept for maybe one hour that night. I was, I was on, I was on these different Ironman forums and I literally typed in like world ankle day before Iron Man, you know, on Google, like trying to find other people that have done this. It's like, is it stupid for me to do this? Like, do I go through? But there was no question that I was, you know, one thing to remind yourself, even during the middle of the race is you paid $800 to do this. Like, you don't just like, yeah, you're going to try. Like even halfway through the race, when you're feeling kind of exhausted or tired or emotionally down, just think. Hey, I dropped eight hundred dollars to do this. Maybe I just keep going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I did. And morning, and then that night I didn't sleep at all. Then the next day it was still very sore, but I kept it. You know, I got my gear bags checked in, 
Um, and one thing, one kind of tip that I'll give everybody is, is when you have your gear bags, you're going to have your, your bike bag, run bag, you know, your transition bags, as well as your special needs bags. I took bright orange, bright orange, uh, or bright yellow duct tape. And I outlined the bags with that duct tape and put a smiley face in it. And nobody does, I mean, maybe a couple people put pieces of tape on their bag, but when you have that room and it's just full of thousands of bags and you're running up to like, you're running to get your transition bag, it just pops out. Like, you know, exactly where your bag is rather than having to count the numbers and taking the extra time to find the numbers. And that was like one of the best things. Like I probably saved a couple minutes because of that. Um, but I got my bags, you know, all my bags separated and then I, you know, kept my foot elevated, iced, and then morning of, I met my family at like 5 a.m. And I think that was the moment that I said, you know, I, I feel good. Like I knew my ankle was still in a little bit of pain, but I put my compression brace on for the swim and then I changed into the other brace for the rest of the race. And I knew that like biking, it's not like I was going to be twisting my ankle side to right. side and same yeah. with running. And, uh, yeah. And then I started the race and I'm like, I felt good, but the weather conditions were terrible. <laughs> so we started, we started the, we started the swim and on the second half of the swim, the waves were just like, I would lift my head up to breathe. And then all of a sudden this big wave would just come crashing, you know, so you lift your head up and you see the wave and you're like, okay, nope, you know, and you don't even <laughs> breathe, you know, and, and it was, there was such a strong current. We were going against the current, yeah. um, but then finished the swim and I was just pumped. I mean, race day, I, my biggest you know, suggestion is, you know, kind of fake it till you make it. I mean, I was pumped. I wasn't even having to fake it, but like anytime you're feeling, anytime you're feeling down, what I did is like throughout the race, there was a couple moments where I was like, you get to that low point and excuse my language, but I just told myself, I said, I'm going to be a fucking iron man. You know, I told, and I told myself that. And I, every time I just told it over and over. And then every time, uh, every time I passed my family or passed my friends, I mean, I got out of the swim and I just screamed, just super pumped up. And then the crowd goes nuts because they see how excited you are. And then I got to the transition and I saw my family and I just screamed, I'm going to be an Iron Man, you know. And then I just, they're super excited. And then I get on the bike and then you hit that low, you know, on the bike. All <laughs> yeah. there's, then there's no one around. Like then yeah. there's just you and then you're in your own thoughts. But you just keep telling yourself that throughout the day, you know. And you know, then it started raining during the bike. I hit the special needs needs bag after the first loop. And that's another suggestion is at every transition bag and every special needs bag, I put a laminated sheet in there with my favorite quotes. So like that way, if I was down in the dumps going into a transition or in the middle of the bike or run, mm -hmm. I opened my special needs bag and the guy that was helping me, he's like, oh, you have a David Goggins quote in here? That's awesome. You know, the volunteer. And and yeah. David Goggins, hands down, people should look him up because he's crazy he's, person Yeah, yeah, he's he's just nuts. But he, yeah. I'll tell you what, he is a big part of my uh, mental uh, training. But he has this quote that says, uh, <clears throat> "Motivation is crap." He said, uh, "Motivation is temporary. If you are driven, you will destroy anything in your path." Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that. Like I, we often say, "Oh, I'm feeling motivated," and that's exactly it. You're feeling at that moment. You're feeling right. motivated, but it's temporary. But yeah. if you have drive and if you're driven, and that's what it takes to to finish the Ironman, you'll destroy everything in your way. You know. So I had that in there, and and then he's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And I'm like, "Hey, thanks for pointing that out to me. I forgot that." You know. That, I'm like, "All right, let's do this." You know. And I kept going, and. Then I get out of the, uh, I get to the first, there's, they call them the three bitches. There's in, in Madison, the hills are insane. And at the end of it, you, you do a stick and then you do the loop twice and the stick back. And on the loop, there's these three big hills. And that's where there's like parties on these hills. There's like thousands of people that hang out on the hills because they watch everyone climb it, you know. And I got to the hills and I thought that that was going to be the tough part for me. And that was like the, the, the hardest part was when no one was around and I'm just by myself going on these straightaways, but uh, the Hills, 
I was just like, people were just going nuts. I mean, they were going crazy. And I was just so pumped up. And I remember going up this one hill and my coach, or uh, he's the, the president of, uh, of my triathlon team. I kind of call him, I think of him as coach, but yeah. he's, he's next to me on the hill and he's running up next to me, just screaming. And I'm like screaming back to him, I'm going to be an Ironman. I'm going to do it. You know? And then the second loop I came around, then there's my family and then same thing. They were screaming and I'm like, Whoa, let's do this. You know, I'm going to be an Ironman. And then I go into transition, you know, still pumped up and I go into the run and then through downtown Madison, the streets were just packed with people. And I, I was like you, you know, like you said, through my until like eight miles left. For me, I had like 16 miles left. But for the first 10 miles of the run, I was way ahead of pace. Like mm-hmm. my bike was ahead of pace. My swim was a little bit behind pace because it was so rough. But my run was like way ahead of where I thought I was going to be. And I'm still feeling great. Like I'm like, this is nuts. Like I can't believe I feel this good. And my ankle's feeling good. You know, I'm feeling good. And then... All of a sudden, uh, it was more than a brick wall. It was like my digestive system just completely shut down. So I'm like mile 10 of the run and my digestive system, like I couldn't from that moment forward, I couldn't take a sip of water or a sip of Gatorade without my stomach just completely bloating up. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't it was beyond just like a little bit of bloating or feeling a little gas. So it was like, it was like painful and a pain that I've never felt before. And uh, then I was forced to like, then I was forced to walk and I just thought to myself, okay, I'm ahead of pace. Like who cares about you? Like, like trying to finish in a certain time, just finish the damn race, Justin, you know? And actually that's one of the quotes that I wrote is, is on my special needs bag. Um, I, one of the quotes I have is, is like, like you have no idea who you are inspiring. So just finish the damn race, Justin, you know? And so I, I, uh, so I, I, I kept going and, but I was walking and I knew I was going to be fine if I just walk at a decent pace and we ran through camp Randall and then you get to mile 13 and then it's two loops. So like you run towards the finish line and it's like, you turn around uh, and you go back again. I lost your audio, by the way. There right we go. Now. Yep, you're good now. Cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you had twice. Uh, Maryland, you go by six times. Oh, my gosh. Because it's in the middle of the loop, and it's a three-and-a-half loop run. Oh, that's so, insane. Uh, and you're just, yeah. you're just looking at it like, I just, I could. Anything. It's right there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so then I, I remember, it like, getting to, like, so I walked a bunch and we did, there was a little bit of trail running too. And then we got to mile, then it was to mile like uh, 20. Oh, then it started downpouring like hard rain, like thunderstorm, hard rain kind of downpour. And, and I actually thought that was kind of cool, a little bit refreshing. I was a little bit cold, but it, it, it was kind of cool to run in that. And then mile 24 came and this is kind of funny because here my family's at the finish line. Yeah. And this is like, at this is, uh, like we're at like 16, 16 hours in, you know? Yep. And for me, it's, it's 11.30 PM. Cause I started at 7.30 and, and my family, all of a sudden I see a portage on there and I was like, and actually my stomach finally would let me go to the bathroom. So I ran to the bathroom and then my parents are looking at the clock and same with like my, my team, my yeah. teammates were at the finish line. They're like, I don't think Justin's, you know, I don't know. He stopped for like 10 minutes. So like, I don't think he's <laughs> going to finish, you know? And then also like, so I, you know, I, I get done with that and then, and then I felt much better, but then I, I continued to run and I get to mile, like I get to basically the finish line and it, it cuts a corner and then there's like a decent stretch of like a quarter mile and then the red carpet. Yeah. And my mom ran out by me and same with my, the president of my team. And they were like walking next to me, like, you got this, Justin, you can hear the crowd, you know? And like the crowd is just going nuts at the finish line. And I'm just, I'm soaking it all in at this point. Cause I know I'm going to be an iron man, you know? Yeah. And, and I said, mom, go back to the finish line, you know? <laughs> and, and then I said, as soon as I cut the corner, I'm going to you know, run it in. And this is the best part of the whole thing. It was so emotional. Um, you know, I, I cut the corner and, and, I, and, and a lot of people just sprint through the finish, but you know, I stopped running short of the red carpet and I just kind of like, and I walked it in and I just took it in, you know? 
and I was just thinking like, oh my God. And, and I remember uh, Mike Riley, you know, he's like, Justin, Justin, Justin. And he stopped me mid red carpet and he shakes my hand and then he looks at me and then the entire crowd and him all yelled together, you are an Iron Man. And it was so nuts just to hear the entire crowd say it at once. And like, oh man, I got chills just thinking about it. And, you know, and then I crossed the finish line and <clears throat> I'm going to have to post some pics because <clears throat> uh, I didn't buy them yet, but I'm going to, because I mean, the, the pictures that, the, yeah, the pictures that they, they got were just unbelievable of me. And I, when I crossed the finish line, I was just screaming, like I was just going nuts. I was so pumped. <clears throat> but then as soon as I crossed the finish line, then I collapsed, you know, and they got me in a wheelchair. And the volunteers there were just second to none. They were just unbelievable. I mean, they got me a wheelchair. They were get, get, giving, taking me to the food area, you know, and they were making sure I was okay. They went as far as taking me. They rolled me up to the terrace, called a shuttle for me, and made sure that there was a wheelchair at my hotel so that they I could get wheeled up to my room. I mean, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, that was my finish line experience. And it was just – and all my teammates were there um, because we raced – with I think there was nine first timers from my triathlon team, and I think I want to say around fifteen of us uh, raced total. So our entire team was there, you know, cheering us on. So it was unbelievable. That's so cool, man! And it's you know the the story is amazing. Just just getting to the start line for anyone for anyone Absolutely. is amazing, and yeah. you know it's your story is really cool particularly the the race day story not to you know devalue any of the other parts yeah your story is awesome because it's like you always imagine race day is sunny and 75 right like I'm yeah finally absolutely a celebration of all my work and then yep. you get tested with the ankle you get tested with the waves you get tested with the rain on the bike you get tested with the rain and the gi issues on the run and it's it's when you get to that point and you really do realize when you sit there and you think only to yourself like this doesn't matter this doesn't exactly. matter all i'm gonna do is put one foot in front of the other and eventually i will be there Always. and i will be the reason that i made it and none of this trivial nonsense will have stopped me absolutely and i think you know we had one person on our team that didn't make it he didn't he he missed one of the cutoffs mm. and you you could tell that he was bummed you know but I told him, I said, I'll tell you what, man, like the character that you have just from showing up at the start line says so much about, you know, who you are, like whether you finished or not, like you were there, like yeah. how many people show up to the starting line, you know, and it's crazy how many people don't, you yeah. know, like how many people sign up for this, you know, there's 2,500 people that register. And, you know, I think we had, uh, like 2,200 people that uh, 20 or there's like 2,300 people registered. There was like 21 that started. So there was 200 people that didn't, didn't even start. And then right. I think there's like 200 like uh, DNFs or do not finish us. And, and a lot of people, you know, on, on the Facebook page, you know, for the training plan, it seems like a lot of people, you know, they're, they're like worried about not finishing and, and I think that that's key. The biggest key is, is like, just make the decision that you're going to finish. Believe in yourself. You know, you just have to, you have to, you're going to be an Ironman. And I, I do think it's key before you start, calculate out, like, you know, there's a certain amount of like calculate out the pace you need to hit each of the, each of the cutoff times, you know, and as long as you're maintaining that pace, then you're fine, you know, and and then the only thing that can stop you is yourself, you know, by let, thinking that you can't do it or thinking that you're too tired, you know, that's the only thing that can stop you. But if you, if you make that decision that you will be an Ironman, you know, before you even register, then I think that's gonna, that's gonna go a long way, you know? Yeah. Likely all the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go all, all the way. And, and I do think another important thing is, is like, I think it's important that like if to join a triathlon team, mm -hmm. like I think people should find a triathlon. There, there's a lot of them out there and the, just the knowledge that you gain in the friendships and 
rather than doing it all on your own, you know, you, then you build these friendships and you're able to do it with others. That was huge for me. Um, I think uh, there was another thing that, uh, um, oh, you, you even posted, um, what is your why? That is huge. Like, I think people that, I mean, you can finish if you just say, hey, I want to do an Ironman just because, you know, like, just because I want to do it. Yes, you could very well finish, but it seems that 90% of people that do Ironman, there's something deeper there. You know, they're either trying to prove to themselves or prove to others, or like there's a bigger, they're trying to do it to uh, inspire others, or they're trying to do it to uh, just, it's something bigger than themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that knowing what your why is before you register is also yeah. is also huge. And it's different from everybody and there is no right or wrong, you know, rhyme or reason, you know, there's no, uh, it can be anything, but knowing like that deep down what really drives you, I think is key. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, having something to motivate you when motivation leaves you is yeah you know it's huge and so you know justin this has been this has been awesome your story is amazing everything from whatever five ten years ago all the way through three weeks ago crossing that finish yeah. line I think there are a lot of people who are going to be able to relate to any different part of you know that journey and i really like what you've been saying here at the end and, and you said at the beginning too but just the idea of making the decision before any challenge arises so that when it does, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. And I do want to say uh, on, a, on a final note that um, if anybody does have any like questions about my experience or, you know, ha wants to share their stories with me or, you know, has questions about like how I might have overcome something on race day or during training, like, please reach out. You know, I, I'm not saying I have the answers because everybody is different, but I can at least share with you you know, how it worked for me. Um, and I'm really hoping that uh, I could end up with a, you know, in a race with some of you guys, you know, how cool would that be if some of us could race together as well? Yeah, man, definitely. Sounds good, my man. Definitely. Well, listen, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. This was a ton of fun. And, you know, I just, I look forward to other people hearing this, you know, getting something out of it and hopefully it helps them push across the finish line too. Yeah, sounds good, my man. Hey, thanks a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. And there you have it. Thank you very, very much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it. We've got more on the way. So thank you again for listening today and until next time.